Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 132, How to Prevent Pod Fading and Podcasting Burnout. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting and using Audacity. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. Today, we're going to talk on the guts of podcasting and that passion of podcasting, or rather, what happens when you lose the passion and might be risking some burnout in your podcasting. Does it sometimes feel like your podcasting is just too much and you want to just give it up, burn it all, whatever? First of all, you need to know that you don't have to podcast unless you're podcasting for a job. You don't have to podcast. But I know that many of us podcast because we really want to. We're passionate about this thing. And so it's easy to start feeling kind of confused when our passion starts to become a burden and we feel like giving up because what we're so excited about doing is now like a job and we're we're running out of that energy while doing it. And that's what happens when people pod fade, or we could look at this as podcasting burnout. It just feels like it's too much. I don't want to keep doing this and I'll get around to it later, and later never comes. And before you know it, you have no episodes whatsoever out there, and you're just burned out, don't want to continue. That's what we're going to talk about today with 10 tips to prevent podcasting burnout, or if you're on the edge of podcasting burnout, how you can save yourself and your podcast from total burnout. But I also want to mention that near the end of this episode, I've got a couple cool announcements to share with you about Stitcher's stats and a special audio segment that I'll be playing from the patent podcast, a new podcast that just launched about the podcasting patent and what you can do to help save podcasting. So that will be near the end of the episode and also a surprise announcement too. But for now, let's focus on 10 tips to prevent or save yourself from podcasting burnout. And these tips were inspired by a question I received from Robert at itsjustuscast.com and also on Twitter as itsjustuscast. So thank you, Robert, for asking this question. Number one, find what's causing the stress. Before you give up, try to figure out what's causing you to want to give up. It, It could be some question that you need to answer in order to discover what's actually causing this inside of you. Here are some of the typical questions I might ask myself when I'm starting to feel stressed about my passion or stressed about the podcast and starting to feel a little bit of burnout. Here are just some of the questions I might ask myself, and you could ask these or add something else to the list. Please comment on the show notes, by the way, at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 132. So here are the questions that you could ask. Am I trying to do too much? Did I adequately prepare or did I procrastinate? So often when I push my preparation to the last minute, I really feel crunched and not that excited. Am I taking my podcast too seriously or am I not taking my podcast seriously enough? Is there a particular part that I consistently dread? This and many more questions could be things to help you discover what is it that's actually causing the stress for your passion. 
So then once you know what's causing the stress, or maybe you know right away, you just keep thinking, oh, I don't want a podcast because of this particular thing. And that's the thing causing you the stress, or maybe the way that you're doing that thing. So once you've identified the problem, then you can start looking for a solution or start addressing that problem. Or there might even be a way to completely remove that problem. I'll have some information about that kind of thing through the rest of these tips that I'll provide. So tip number one, find what's causing the stress. Number two, reevaluate your goals and expectations. I've previously talked about having an unstoppable vision for your podcast, and this is all about setting some goals and planning and pursuing these goals from the beginning of your podcast. And you can go listen to that in episode 93 at com slash 93. And there will be some ideas there on setting good goals for your podcast. But what I often find with people who are thinking about stopping podcasting or they're losing their interest in podcasting or don't make it past those particular milestones, like past episode one, for example, or episode seven or anything like that, they're not making it far past those particular episodes. It seems they usually have certain expectations that aren't met. And I would say that there are five basic expectations that podcasters have about their podcast. And when they are holding on to these expectations, either knowingly or unknowingly, and the expectations aren't met, that can cause a podcaster to lose their interest in their passion, what they're podcasting about, really. And I've shared this recently with my email newsletter list, which you can sign up for at the website. But some of these expectations are maybe to make a lot of money, to get rich off your podcast. You want to quit your job, you want to podcast full-time and make all of your money just podcasting. I'll tell you what, it's very hard to do, and most of the podcasters who are making lots of money from podcasting aren't making that lots of money from just their podcast. Their podcast is a part, but their podcast is a springboard to something else making the money. It could be you have an expectation to get a massive audience and you want to have a podcast audience of thousands of people listening to you every single week, tens of thousands. You hear these podcasters throw around numbers like, oh, I got only 20,000 downloads with the last episode. It must not have been that popular. And you're thinking, 20,000? I haven't even had 20,000 downloads in my entire podcasting history. It's very, and I'll let you know, I have not reached that number 20,000 downloads for a single episode of my own podcast, so I'm not up there either. But set your expectation on what your audience actually might be. If you expect a thousand and you're only getting a hundred, then it's easy to start getting depressed about your podcast and wanting to give up because you'll feel like you're not reaching that expectation. Another expectation is maybe you expect to be famous from your podcast that regardless of how many people are listening to you, you're going to get on Oprah, you're going to have book deals, you're going to be interviewed by other podcasters on terrestrial radio or television or have your own movie or anything like that. Quite ambitious and you can set goals for those things, certainly, but you might be expecting that and not realizing it and that can be hurting your podcast. You could be expecting that podcasting is easier than it really is. You might have expected all it involves is just press record, press stop, and upload it to the internet. Now, there are some systems out there that can make it about that easy, almost, 
But still, there's a lot more to it than that. You have to prepare. You have to have good content. You have to be consistent. All of these different things. So you might have expected that podcasting would be easier. Or you might have expected that podcasting would take less time than it does. On average, I find that podcast preparation takes about four minutes of preparation or, or in, and production for every one minute of audio that you hear. So that might be three minutes of preparation, one minute of, well, that might be two minutes of preparation, one minute of recording, and then one minute of editing. Or you could flip that any way you want. It might even be higher than that. It could be 10 to 1. It's really dependent on what kind of content you're producing, how well you are at presenting your content and information and all of that. So these could be certain expectations that you're holding without even realizing it. So look for these and know that they need to be reasonable expectations on your podcast. Any person who's been married for more than a few years probably knows about the problems with podcasts, with the expectations in marriage. Because even I, I've been married for two and a half years and I came into marriage knowing I would have certain expectations and I would have to deal with those expectations and my wife would have expectations too. I knew that going into marriage, but I still didn't realize how much that would affect marriage on the other side of now that I'm married and working through these expectations and figuring out what's reasonable, what's not reasonable, and how to deal with these. Same thing for your podcast. You have these expectations. It's best to figure out what they are, acknowledge them, deal with them, or maybe let them go. So number two, reevaluate your goals and expectations. Number three, don't try to beat your competition. One of the biggest stresses you'll face in podcasting will be trying to outlive, outpodcast, outdo, whatever, outprofit some other podcast or podcaster out there. And don't be naive here. There is competition in podcasting, and I've struggled with naivety in that before. And it's still a struggle. Dave Jackson and I have talked about this recently on an episode of his podcast. We, when he interviewed me, that was episode 358 or 357. But we talked about this idea of competition. And it is a struggle. It's a struggle for me. It's a struggle for many other people. And there are ways that you can work around this. And I've talked about that in episode 108, which you can get at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 108. But trying to beat your rivals will drive you crazy in your podcast and really prevent you from podcasting as well as you can. You'll never feel a complete victory or success because someone else will manage to do something that will upset you. They'll do something better. They'll do it more often. They'll do something you didn't think of. They'll be in a better better position for something. They'll get mentioned by someone instead of you. Whatever it is, you know what kinds of things these are. And maybe you have a list of things that have happened to you. But trying to beat your rivals like that will just create a huge stress. And it can be very easy then to give up because of this. You might see, oh, so-and-so is getting all a great guess. I haven't gotten any good guess. I, I, I should just give up because they can't. They get the guests that I want and I can't at, at all. Or it could be that you're trying to, any of these things, trying to keep up with the Joneses, as they say. 
you might be trying to podcast as frequently as someone else and you find it's too stressful to maintain that kind of schedule, or you might be trying to be as in-depth as someone else or have the same level of humor as someone else or the same production quality as someone else, anything like that. Yes, you can learn from others and you can even benefit from competition and it helping you and helping the others. Especially, it's great to try and build community from your quote, competition, unquote. Again, that's episode 108 to learn more about that. But I've been there before trying to beat the competition. And I've talked with several other people who have also been there trying to beat the competition. And it's tough. It's a game you will not win unless you happen to be the top number one podcaster of all time and everyone else stops podcasting. That's the way that you could win. But recognize that someone else will always be better at something and handle your competitive spirit and attitude and don't try to beat the others. That's number three. Number four, allow yourself to take some breaks. It's easy to, it's easiest to build a podcast when you're podcasting on a consistent schedule. And I really recommend weekly at least weekly. And there are certain stats provided by Blueberry that show that actually those who podcast more than once per week grow much faster than those who podcast only weekly. And then when you start talking about bi-weekly or monthly or baby, which means whenever you get around to it, which is almost never, then you can see how hard it can be to build an audience. So it's great to provide regular episodes on a regular schedule. But it could also be hurting your content and your production value by forcing yourself to fit into a particular schedule. It's okay to take a break. You could switch or you could announce to people, hey, I'm going to take a hiatus during the summer. I've got some other things to work on or I'm traveling a lot or I just need a break from this and it'll help us refocus when we come back. Any of these approaches, and I talked about this in episode 107, which you can check out at, of course, theaudacitypodcast.com slash 107. But if you take a break, it gives you that time to focus, to step away from things. It's a little vacation for you, in a sense, to decide whether you still actually want to continue or it gives you new energy for getting back into the podcast, because it could be that during the break, you feel like, oh, I've got such great things to tell, such great content. I can't wait to get back into it. That can happen while you're on a break. But sometimes if you're just following that rigid schedule, you won't get that moment to be inspired and be so eager to get back into it because you're just chugging along. So number four was allow yourself to take breaks. Number five get inspired by others. Podcasting is often a lonely hobby because we'll be in our basements, we'll be in a closet, we'll be in the car, we'll be somewhere where usually there aren't other people around. Or if you have co-hosts, then you're probably talking to the same people every single time. It could be your co-hosts are losing interest and that's affecting you, or maybe you just feel a little bit alone with this. But whatever the case, get out there, talk to other people. It doesn't have to be other podcasters. It could be someone else who is just doing something that they love. And you can be inspired by that 
and realizing, hey, I've got this thing that I love to do and be inspired to take a new approach at it. It could be someone else who's a fan of the same thing you are, even if they don't listen to your podcast or know even what a podcast is. You could be talking with them about it and just get invigorated and reignite that passion inside of you to get back into your work. I'm really inspired whenever I talk with business owners because I learn things about how they set goals, how they market, how they pursue things, how they develop content, all of this. And that really inspires me. I'm also really inspired whenever I get to work with one-on-one consulting clients to help them launch or improve their podcasts. By the way, theaudacitypodcast.com slash consulting. And just talking with them about helping them succeed also reinvigorates my own passion and desire to succeed. And I'm, I love talking podcasting with other podcasters, which is why I totally love being a part of Podcasters Roundtable and talking, just hearing what others are doing and other perspectives. And I like hanging out in chat rooms and forums and stuff and talking about podcasting. And I get inspired by that kind of stuff. So when you find someone who does something similar to what you do, or someone you can admire, or someone who has the same interests as you, and you start talking with them, you'll find yourself quickening the pace of your talking and maybe raising your volume level as you get more and more excited about this. And then when you finish talking with them, don't let that moment die. Turn that energy into inspiration to get back into your podcast. Bring that energy with you into the podcast and treat it as if you're talking with that person that you were getting so inspired by just earlier. So, so far, the five five of these 10 tips are, number one, find what's causing the stress. Number two, reevaluate your goals and expectations. Number three, don't try to beat your competition. Number four, allow yourself to take breaks. Number five, get inspired by others. And then number six, try a new approach. I call this podcast the Audacity to Podcast, not only because I planned to podcast about pod, uh, about audacity when I first started, but because of the meaning of the word audacity. It's the guts. And you have the audacity to podcast, not just what you're listening to right now, but you have the guts to podcast. You have the guts to do something differently than everyone else out there. Apple even has the guts to say different when they should be saying differently. They think that different. That just doesn't sit well with me. So there's no reason that you always have to do things the exact same way every single time. Try something new for your podcast. You could try adding a new segment, removing a segment, changing your theme song, changing your website. There are a bunch of things that you could try doing differently or change your approach. I shared several ideas back in episode 76. I won't give you the URL anymore because you know how these things work. So... Look at ways that you can take a new approach to your content. I often find myself with our Once Upon a Time podcast recognizing when, we're, when we've stopped talking about theories and have started just talking about what we liked and didn't like in the episode, which I try and stay away from just opinionated conversation like that, like just what did we like, what did we not like, a review kind of style, and instead focus on the in-depth theories, 
what could be happening, the predictions, the explanations, the Easter eggs, the details, all of that stuff. And that's what our listeners love us for in our Once Upon a Time podcast is that in-depth stuff that we try and get into. And sometimes, though, you might need a new approach, a new perspective on whatever you're doing. So try switching things around. Try looking at things differently. Even if it's the same content that you've already talked about, you can look at it a different way again and have more content and a new inspiration to continue podcasting. I have an upcoming episode of the Audacity to Podcast where I will talk about podcasting stats. Again, I talked about them a long time ago and when I've listened to that episode again, oh boy, did I sound sound arrogant in that episode. But I'm going to release a new episode soon about how to understand podcasting stats especially since there's a very special announcement from Stitcher that I'll share later on in this episode. So number six, try a new approach to your podcast. Number seven, make it fun again. This is similar to trying a new approach, but this could be that your podcast has turned from a fun hobby to a job, to something that you have to do. Well, first of all, remember that unless it's your job, No one is forcing you to podcast. This is your thing. You can do it however you want, and you can have as much fun or no fun at all with it as you want. So consider making it fun again. Now, you don't want to get irrelevant or irreverent in this, unless that's your style regularly, but I I like that the Bible says in Proverbs 17, 11, that laughter is, or a, a joyful spirit, is good medicine. And many people will say stuff like laughter is good for the soul. And it is true. It can really help to laugh. And even if your content isn't humor content, letting some occasional humor come through can be fun. Now that might turn off some of your listeners, fine. It might also show other listeners that you're a real human. And it can be a moment for you to just release some of that pressure as well. You don't have to try and be a comedy podcast, but if you have a moment of laughter in your podcast, then it's okay. I have been very particular about this and worked almost too hard at times in the past in our Once Upon a Time podcast when I would edit out certain sections because we got off topic, started joking around on something, and I felt like we had to fit things within a certain amount of time. And so what was the first stuff to go? Well, this irrelevant stuff that was just kind of laughter. And then I've realized since then that, well, this stuff, our listeners enjoy this. And as long as we keep it short and it's somewhat related and and the flow of the rest of the podcast is good, then these little things are like breaths of fresh air. And I think I've only seen maybe one review where they said we they thought we laughed too much. But most of the other reviews, and that person still gave a four-star review, I think, but most of the other reviews I've seen have said things like, thank you for making me laugh, or uh, thank you for not taking it too seriously, which if you listen to my Once Upon a Time podcast, you'll hear I take it very, very seriously, and I really get in-depth on some of the details and really ultra-focused on some things. But occasionally we laugh, And our listeners love that because it's that breath of fresh air, just like most dramas have moments of comedy because it's fun. We can all relate with that. So number seven, make it fun again for you to podcast. 
Number eight, simplify your workflow. I've often said that if you decide to podcast for free, it does have a cost associated with it, and that is time and knowledge. It could be that you are producing very high-quality content, very high-quality episodes, but the workflow that you're using has become this bloated monster that takes you so much time or you have to learn so much in order to do it. Maybe you need to reevaluate the steps you're taking to produce your podcast and, and then consider what can you remove from that. Maybe you don't need step three out of your nine-step production flow. Maybe you can remove some things. Look for especially those steps that are follow that 80-20 rule, the steps that take 80% of the time but only enhance 20% of the content. Try and cut that out. Cut out and focus on those things, rather, that help you make your podcast much better. Sometimes this might mean you have to throw some money at your podcast, maybe upgrade some equipment, upgrade your software, upgrade your computer, anything like that. You can get software that's easier to use or hardware that does things for you that you would otherwise be doing in software that can slow things down. Many things like this, when your workflow is too complicated, then you have all of these steps to follow and it takes you time to go through all of these things. Look for ways to simplify this. Change your workflow. Change how you do your editing. Maybe allow a few more glitches or ums in your editing. Maybe learn how to use a mute button on your recorder or um, make marks inside of your recording like in Audacity or with the labels track, by the way, or on your recorder like with the Zoom H4n. I can make a mark if I make a mess up inside of the podcast and I know just to edit that one spot, not have to listen to the entire podcast all over again in order to edit it. But also consider other things that may be part of your process of podcasting that you could remove. For example, is live streaming really necessary for your podcast? This is something that I'm struggling with a little bit with the Audacity to podcast because I'm discovering that my computer, my MacBook Pro that I use for podcasting is getting old and it's getting bloated, starting to run a little bit slower here and there. And when I do the live stream, it's getting pretty noisy and that noise is making it into the recording. So I find myself questioning, do I really need to keep live streaming the podcast and then ending up with a little bit lower quality audio? Is it really worth that? Or could I maybe get by with just doing audio only, which I'm doing today. It so happens. But maybe do your show notes have to be as thorough as you're making them like a book almost for your show notes or a complete transcription of your episode? Or if you're producing videos, do your videos really have to have all of those fancy effects and transitions or on-screen graphics? Do you have to run several processes to enhance your audio or video when maybe just one will do the job 99%? Or is there maybe a tool that you could switch to using that will make your job easier or faster? These kinds of things can simplify your workflow, but be forewarned, they could cost money but they might be worth it if it can help you save your podcast, save your sanity, and simplify things a whole lot more. All of the equipment and expensive tools that I've switched to using help me podcast more easily. Some of them, yes, improve the quality, like a nicer microphone improves the quality. But using a Zoom H4n 
digital recorder instead of recording into my computer. That's more of a convenience thing. It makes it easier for me. Using a hardware compressor limiter gate is a convenience thing. It makes it easier for me. It makes my audio sound better in the recording so I don't have to do as much editing afterward. Using Adobe Audition, like I talked about uh, several episodes ago when I was switching from Audacity to Audition, I discovered that Audition has some tools in it that allow me to podcast more quickly and release episodes more quickly and are some time-saving tools and such, make it easier and faster for me to do certain things. So look at ways to follow tip number eight, simplify your workflow. Tip number nine, delegate some tasks. I know your podcast is your baby, but sometimes you have to let someone else rock the baby to sleep so that you can stay sane in your life. Sure, you could consider hiring a virtual assistant, but also think about reaching out to your community for some volunteers to help you with some of the tasks. It's very possible that the particular task that you dread doing in your podcast could be something that someone else absolutely loves doing and they would be so eager, willing, capable, and everything to help you by doing that part of your podcast. And they would be honored just to be a part of it. And you might not have to pay them. It, it's totally up to you how you work that out with them. Sure, this will take some work to help them do it up to your standards and some patience, especially patience, but it can be really, really helpful for you. I discovered this especially, or experienced this a lot, with our Once Upon a Time podcast. The show notes for it were really becoming a huge burden, even just little aspects like naming our images. That was becoming a huge burden on me to name the images. It could take half an hour for me to name our screenshots from an episode of the Once Upon a Time TV show. So I reached out to our community and said that these are the things that we need help with. These are different tasks and require these certain skills and such. Anyone interested in helping? And these burdens were sometimes even on my co-host and it would just overload us and it would make us dread certain days of the week. And getting out the podcast was so hard. I would be up so late at night if I tried to do these things that night or I'd have to put out the podcast episode, try to do these things later and they often wouldn't be fixed later, and all of this. So that's when I started delegating some of these things to some volunteers. So now we have volunteers who will write show notes to us while they listen to the podcast, while we're recording it live. So by the time we press stop on our recorder, they have the show notes already written for us with screenshots inserted into a draft post inside of WordPress waiting for us to attach the podcast episode to it. Huge, huge relief. And they absolutely love working with us like that because it gives them practice. They love being a part of the content as well. And so much there that brings the community together. Two podcast episodes that I highly recommend that you listen to while about more about delegation are from Michael Hyatt's podcast, This Is Your Life. He has two episodes, The Fine Art of Delegation and How to Delegate Even If You Don't Have Staff. These are episodes 42 and 43, and I'll have link to, links to those in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 132. So number nine, delegate some tasks. And number 10, be willing to end. 
there does come a time when you've done everything you can. You've followed all of these other tips. You've tried changing everything you can, optimize, delegate, all of this stuff. But there's simply that time that you should end a podcast and maybe move on to something even better or something else or whatever it is. Don't be afraid to stop podcasting. Don't view it like walking out on a job or just quitting, but look at it as resigning or retiring or moving on to something even bigger. When I left the job that I held for 10 years, it was my first job. It was the only office job that I had for 10 years. It was my dream job for so long. I had fulfilled my hopes and dreams in that job, even the ones that were so outlandish, it seemed quite impossible. And even some people told me, no, you can't do this. And and later on, it was just really, I praise God for um, the opportunities he allowed me to have within this organization where I previously worked. But I accomplished my goals there. And near the last couple of years, I was kind of struggling with this, struggling with burnout a bit and trying to change things around. And I did realize it, it's just time to end. And when I told my couple supervisors that I had, when I told them, I'm giving my two week notice uh, to resign. I remember I I had so much confidence going in. I, I knew this is what I want to do. Yes, I've been here for 10 years, fulfilled certain dreams and all of this. This was my dream job one time and all of this. And when I said that, I started to cry just a little bit because, yeah, it was painful to acknowledge this is the close of this particular chapter in my life. But why was I doing that? Because I wanted to pursue my passion somewhere else. So yeah, it was painful to end one thing, to close a particular chapter, to stop doing what I was doing. But it was because something so much more exciting and so much better was up ahead. And since then, I have not regretted that decision. Well, there have been times here and there where I've thought, oh, maybe I should have stayed in my full-time job and then this stress wouldn't have been here and this stress and this stress. Yeah, everything comes with stresses. But still, I'm so glad I made that decision that I was willing to end the one job and not hold on to it like some nostalgic dream. And then I could move on to something else. Your podcast could be the same way. You could either be a zombie in your podcast and then your listeners turn into zombies too and you're just all in your podcast. And that's pretty much what many podcasts out there are like when people don't end them when they should. Or you could decide we're going to end this and move on to something else. This could even be a big help for your other podcasts that you already have or are planning to have because when you tell your listeners or your viewers, we're going to end this, but if you'd like to stay connected with us, please follow me on my other podcast here or look for this new podcast that I'm launching with the time that I'll be saving from ending this current podcast. That can help you launch or grow those other podcasts much better. I know that I've got this particular idea for another podcast that I might do. And I know that if I stopped the Audacity podcast and started this other new podcast, I know probably half of you would carry over to listening to the new podcast as well. Because for one thing, 
you like the content that I produce in my presentation style, or another thing, the content is probably applicable to you in some way. So you might carry over to the other thing. Same thing with so many other aspects of life. You could close one door so that you can walk through another one. So be willing to end your podcast. Don't look at it as a bad thing. It could be a very good thing to end your podcast. So these 10 tips, once again, to prevent podcasting burnout. Number one, find what's causing the stress. Number two, reevaluate your goals and expectations. Number three, don't try to beat the competition. Number four, allow yourself to take breaks. Number five, get inspired by others. Number six, try a new approach. Number seven, make it fun again. Number eight, simplify your workflow. Number nine, delegate some tasks. And number 10, be willing to end. I'd love your thoughts on these tips for preventing podcast burnout. And what are your stories of podcasting burnout or burnout in general? You can p- comment on the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 132. Or if you have a particular story that you don't want to post publicly, but you would like to share with me, then please, you're welcome to email me feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com so that it could be something I might be able to share anonymously in the future with listeners or just to know your story of burnout and how you overcame it. So I'd love to have your thoughts and comments on this, whether you agree, disagree, or if you would suggest more ideas for ways to prevent podcasting burnout and, as we call it, pod fading. Please comment on the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 132. Now, three announcements that are really cool. I'm excited about these announcements. Number one announcement, Stitcher has announced that they are changing the way that episodes are downloaded just a little bit. They're tweaking something a little bit so that your Stitcher subscribers will show up as downloads in your regular media stats. That means if you are using Blueberry or Libsyn or PodTrack, which I don't like PodTrack, but some people do, but if you're using one of these other services to track your downloads for your podcast media for each episode, Stitcher has always been the exception to your statistics. I've always told clients, as long as you give everybody this particular RSS feed, and that feed is generated by such and such, then your downloads will always show up in this particular system, whether that be Libsyn or Blueberry or PodTrack or something else. But the exception to that has always been Stitcher because Stitcher will download your episode once. They re-encode it and then they put it on their system and then stream that out to their listeners. So it's not re-downloading. You could have a million listeners on Stitcher And it will show up as one download inside of your podcast media stats. Now, you could go to Stitcher and look at their stats. And their stats are pretty cool because it shows you how long people have listened and so on. But you still have your stats split in separate places. And this can really hurt you with advertising deals and sponsorships where you're paid based on how many downloads you receive. Or you're approaching a potential sponsor, showing them measurable statistics on your podcast and it's not including Stitcher. Now what Stitcher will do is they still download and re-encode your audio file but what they do is every time someone plays an episode from your podcast Stitcher will look at where that media file came from in your RSS feed 
and it it does this thing we call in the computer world it pings it it just sends out a little request it only grabs one kilobyte of data data so you don't have to worry about if you're hosting with amazon s3 or someplace like that that charges for your bandwidth you don't have to worry about this using a whole lot of bandwidth now it's just grabbing one kilobyte from there and to your media host then it will show up like a download as if stitcher had downloaded that file so then when you look at your media stats pretty soon you'll start to see your stitcher stats reflected in there In Libsyn, this might show up as a different user agent. It might show up as being the Stitcher user agent or something else. In the Blueberry system, this would be included inside of the mobile applications uh, section under distribution of your uh, Blueberry stats. And that might be a premium feature with Blueberry stats. But this information will show up. And even if you're using free media stats from a place like Blueberry, The Stitcher downloads, while you may not get to see exactly how many Stitcher downloads you're receiving, it will be included in your free stats. So you might see a jump from just 100 downloads per episode to 120 downloads per episode on a consistent basis. And it could be that those extra 20 downloads are coming from Stitcher. So this is really cool. I'm really excited about this. I'm glad that they're doing this as of today, which is July 1st, 2013. They do not yet have this inside of your uh, inside of the Stitcher app, but it is coming very soon for the iOS app. If it's not there already, they did just recently have an update, but I don't think it included this uh, this little fix. But it's coming very very soon and might be out by the time you hear this for the iOS version that is for iPads and iPhones and iPod touches and it will be coming within a few weeks so probably end of July early August 2013 for the Android apps and if you want to read more about this then please check out the audacitypodcast.com/stitcherdownloads that's my blog post where i shared this news and also have some links and i'll have a link to that as well in the show notes at the audacitypodcast.com/131 Now, before I move on to my other exciting announcement of something new out there, we know that there's this podcasting patent issue, and it could threaten to not quite end podcasting, but make podcasting much harder for people and certainly be a barrier of entry or inspire some people to just plain stop podcasting. But it's this podcasting patent by Personal Audio. And I want you to be informed on this patent, make the right decisions, and know what you need to do in order to help save podcasting. So one of my clients, Greg Gronholm, who is a patent attorney, has started a new podcast, which you can check out at The Patent Podcast. And really cool, it's legal stuff in plain English and mostly focusing on patents. But he has a special episode that he's released, and it has encouraged other podcasters to share this. And I've helped him with this, and I'm eager and excited here to be sharing this with you. So please go to thepatentpodcast.com slash save podcasting in order to download this file that you can use in your own podcast to encourage your own listeners to take action to help save podcasting. And you can even use just excerpts from the audio if you want. But here it is. The full about seven minute audio from Greg Gronholm talking about this this claim on the patent podcast by Personal Audio. 
Hey everybody, this is Greg Gronholm at the patentpodcast.com. This is a special call to action episode for the podcasting community. I've prepared a step-by-step list of what we need to break the personal audio podcast patent. If you have information on that list, I'm going to show you how to get it to the Electronic Frontier Foundation, who's asking for help from the public to invalidate what's being called the podcast patent. I'm a podcaster that's been practicing patent law for over 28 years, but this isn't about me. This is just about getting the word out to as many people as possible about what we need to invalidate this patent now that podcasters are getting sued over it. Let me first make it clear, I'm not with the EFF. I'm simply a podcaster that makes a living as a patent attorney. All opinions here are mine only. First, let me give you a quick summary of patent law. Just because a patent is granted doesn't mean it can't be invalidated. One way to invalidate a patent is by showing that there's information out there that should have been reviewed by the patent office, but wasn't. When patents are applied for, the U.S. Patent Office is supposed to review the state of the art as it was at the time the application was filed to make sure any patents they grant only cover new technology. Part of that process is a review of older patents, publications, etc. All this is generally called prior art. At the same time, it's really not possible for the Patent Office to know everything that's out there. So there is a process that allows a patent to be challenged if prior art's discovered later that would have prevented it from being issued in the first place. This is where we in the podcast community can work together. I'm going to describe here the concept that Personal Audio says it has patented. If we can turn up information that shows their concept wasn't new when they applied for their patent, we can invalidate it. Personal Audio filed their patent application in 1996. So I'm going to suggest you generally keep that year in mind, 1996, when we're trying to come up with new prior art. At the same time, though, if you've got anything close, I suggest you go ahead and forward it and let the lawyer sort it out. Here are four features that Personal Audio says that it put together for the first time around 1996. So listen closely. Number one. An internet-client-server relationship. Number two, a series of media files which have an episodic nature in that they come one after the other in time, with each of those files having its own URL. Number three, an updatable list of the media, with this updatable list being updated as each new episode comes along. And the list has to have its own URL. And number four, internet access by the client. To download the list, read about the episodes in the list, and then pick from the list to get the media. All four of those elements need to be together in whatever prior art we're trying to find to invalidate this patent. I have to assume that how this is being applied to podcasting is that the RSS data file is the updatable list, and subscribers to that list, people that listen to podcasts, can read about, pick, and download podcasts from that list. 
podcasting is never mentioned per se in the patent. They just use more general terms like media files and episodes. And there is where I think the breadth of the patent, or its alleged breadth, could be its downfall. The broader that personal audio asserts its patent is, the higher the chance is that its patent can be invalidated because more prior art can be used against it. So let's step back just a little bit and let me repeat what I'd look for if I was going to try to invalidate this patent. Remember again, Personal Audio filed their patent application on October 2, 1996. So we need to find information before that date. Here's the four elements, one last time. Element one, an internet-client-server relationship. Element two, a series of media files which have an episodic nature in that they come one after each other in time with each of those media files having its own URL. Element three, an updatable list of this media that's updated as each new episode comes along. And that list has to have its own URL. And the last element, element four, is internet access by the client to download the list, read about the episodes in the list, and then pick from the list to get the media. If you go to my site, thepatentpodcast.com, it has all the links that you need to forward information to the EFF. Or you can just Google EFF Podcast Patent, and you'll eventually get to the page where they ask for prior art from the public. All you have to do is just leave a comment on that page. They've got it so you can leave comments and leave whatever information you have about prior art in your comment. Some of the best information to use comes from printed publications like magazines or trade publications, patents, books, things with a clear publication date. But don't limit yourself too much. Just use your best judgment. If you think you have a good strong lead, go ahead and forward it to the EFF. Maybe somebody else can pick up on it. Even if you don't have the information, pass this podcast episode along to somebody who might. If you're a podcaster, you're also more than welcome to include this podcast as a segment in your podcast. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Once again, this is Greg Gronholm at thepatentpodcast.com. Happy hunting. Well, I really appreciate Greg Gronholm putting that together for me and other podcasters to use. So you can check that out and get more information, the links that he mentioned and such at thepatentpodcast.com slash save podcasting, or I will have that link in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 131. And then the last announcement that I want to share with you is that Libsyn has started a new podcast. It's the official podcast from Libsyn, hosted by Elsie Escobar, and this will be a cool podcast. They are going to be another podcast about podcasting, but this is coming from Libsyn, who has a lot of experience with helping podcasters with podcasting, and they will be providing short tips and tricks about marketing your podcast, growing your audience, making money, and much more. I really recommend it. They have episode zero out as of right now, but I do recommend that you subscribe to this podcast. Check it out. The direct link to it is the Audacity 
sdpodcast.com slash libsenpodcast will take you to the podcast in iTunes, or you'll be able to also find that over at libsen.com. Congratulations, Libsyn, for launching your official podcast. And by the way, if anyone needs media hosting, I do highly recommend Libsyn. They have a great price, great service, great features, great stats, all of this stuff. And you can get a month for free by using my promo code NOODLE, that's N-O-O-D-L-E, at the checkout when you sign up for Libsyn over at L-I-B-S-Y-N. So check out their new podcast in iTunes or your favorite podcast directory wherever podcasts are sold. And the way to spell Libsyn is L-I-B-S-Y-N. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'd love to hear your thoughts on podcasting burnout and how to prevent it. Please comment on the show notes over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 131 and send me your feedback and questions for future episodes of The Audacity Podcast please email feedback at the audacity to podcast.com or you can call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221 or go to the website on your computer or iOS device and click on the send a voice message link to record a message right from the website over at the audacity to podcast.com. Big thanks to Miss Inspiration and Jim McKee for leaving reviews for me in iTunes. If you'd like to write a review, I'd love it. Really appreciate it. It helps other people find the podcast and encourages me. You can go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash iTunes or slash iTunes video to get my special video edition of The Audacity to Podcast, which is also available at theaudacitypodcast.com slash YouTube. If you need help podcasting, I'm available for one-on-one consulting, and I'd love to help you launch or improve your podcast please go to the audacity to podcast.com slash consulting. Follow me on Twitter at the ramen noodle. And now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Thank you so much for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Like you can get our clean comedy podcast, our podcast about Christian movie reviews with critical thinking, our podcast about the TV show Once Upon a Time, and more. Check it out at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcast.com, and please remember to check out my recent TPN Weekly episode, which was episode 101 at blog.techpodcast.com.